What's going on in here? Well, I told you, we're remodeling closets. I knew this was going to happen eventually, but not so soon. Come on, it's a new year, time to start over. Plus, we need more room for all your nasty construction boots. Uh, you mean stiletto heels? Whatever, they take up a lot of space, Imelda. So what's the difference between this year's closet and last year's closet? Well, um, we're gonna have more student voice, regular guest editorials. What about the music and the insightful investigative reporting? Um, oh, the gossip. Yeah, that'll still be there. Oh, thank my rainbows. Great. Let's get started. Hand me a glue stick and the glitter. Welcome to Closets Are For Clothes. Hello, hello. You are listening to Closets Are For Clothes, and um, I am Gabe Javier, and we are joined with a couple of super exciting guests not only is we're celebrating the beautiful spring day and we're celebrating um classes at the u of n m being done um so when, what else are we celebrating i don't know we're celebrating lots of stuff so uh, uh i want to welcome our guest kelly schwartz who is the director of volunteer programs and community outreach for the humane society of huron valley thank you hello um, and Kelly brought her companions. Um, who, who do we have here? We have uh, Mr. Newcastle Brown, or Nuki as we call him. He's an English Springer Spaniel. And our dog, Rocky, who is a mutt. Rocky's a mutt. And these are super cute. And I am a dog person, so I will, um, I will put that out there. I have a four-legged young one at home myself, little Dino, who's probably listening right now, being like, why aren't you walking me? <laughs> so, um, so Humane Society of Huron Valley, tell me more about what a Humane Society does. Like, is that different from ACASCPCAFG? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, ASP. Yeah. AC, okay. Yeah, yeah, all those initials. Um, they're pretty similar, and it just depends on the community. Our Humane Society of Huron Valley um, supports the um, animals in public for Washtenaw County. And so we take in strays and um, animals that people can no longer care for and adopt them out. Hmm. And then we also offer a lot of clinic services, too, to the community at low cost. Oh, so it's, it's a veterinary clinic, too? We have a veterinary clinic, yes. We have full-time Excellent. And so did you get your animals from, from the, the Humane Society of Green Valley? Absolutely. These guys came from the Humane Society actually before I started working there. One of the reasons oh. why I went to work there. So. so how does one, this is very interesting to me because, you know, I always love hearing how people land where they land, right? So, um, so is it just, you just really like dogs or pets or... Well, it's, it's been a long road. Um, I actually worked for corporations for probably about 17 years oh. and then um, was laid off, unfortunately, and went into nonprofits. And then a position opened up at the Humane Society. And a little known secret is I started out in pre-vet at Michigan State. And so oh. I feel like I've kind of come full, full circle. circle. Yeah. So, so it works out well. Oh, that's great. That's great. And, and so, so as, as Director of Volunteer Programs and Community Outreach, so, so, so you do, tell me more about what that means. I recruit and train volunteers, which we need lots of volunteers. We're okay. open seven days a week. Oh, wow. So we need lots of volunteers out there. Um, and, you know, dog walkers, cat comforters, just everything that we need for help around the shelter. Um, so I recruit and train volunteers. And then I'm also getting out in the community and talking about the Humane Society. A lot of people don't even know we're in the community. Oh. So they need to know that we're here, and if they lose an animal or if they want to adopt, we want them to think of us first instead mm -hmm. of going to a pet store. Mm -hmm. So we just got to let people know that we're here. So wh why? Why, um, why would I adopt from the Mean Society instead of going to a pet store? Well, for one, there's an overpopulation of pets. We have more pets in our So community. like the whole Bob Barker thing, right? Well, <laughs> yes, yeah, spay and neuter. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But there is an overpopulation of pets in our community, so we have more pets than there are families to adopt. Uh -huh. um, when you go to a pet store, a lot of times they're from backyard breeders or puppy mills, the type of thing that was seen on Oprah's show last week, and so we're trying to stop that kind of breeding. Uh. And so, you know, these are perfect fine pets. They may have been used, but um, they turn out to be pretty good. New and certified, probably, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we Our volunteers spend a lot of time working with them, trying to get them trained to be better citizens than uh, when they came in. Oh, that's brilliant. And these are two very well-trained <laughs> pups, except... Yeah. As he's eating your As garbage on the floor. So that's great. So why, if I wanted to volunteer, 
then yes. what what would a volunteer so I would do um, pet you said dog walking and cat comforting cat comforting yes we we need lots of animal handler type people so to get started volunteering and to work with the animals you have to be 18 years or older okay. and you have to come to a volunteer orientation session and I run mm-hmm. a couple of those every month and then we have individualized training for dog uh, walking and cat comforting then after that as well but then we get lots of university groups and corporations that we can use to come out and help with shelter stuff help with cleaning um, help with outside events. We had a lot of student groups. I'm trying to get the garbage out of his mouth. Um, (laughs) We had a lot of student groups help us out when we did the um, Borders gift wrapping at the holidays, and that was a riot. So, yeah, I mean, we're in a great town for volunteers, and we love our student volunteers. But one thing with students is that um, as much as we love them, we need a six-month commitment Uh because we spend a lot of time developing our programs. So you want volunteers to come and say, like, I can be here for you. Yeah. Like, couple hours a week six six months absolutely mm-hmm. and so you know that's for handling the animals because we want to make sure that you know they get something out of it too and that it's worthwhile for them wow so like well, okay so this is dan burns um <laughs> so um so I'm, I'm a little confused about the cat comforters Hi. isn't that kind of abuse uh, making them into quilts no no no, sorry. no, 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 no. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> so, Kelly, one of the big things that I have troubles with that I'm currently having struggle yeah. that I'm struggling with is that how can you not like take all these pets home? I mean, both these, I forgot their names, but... Um, this is Nuki and Rocky. Nuki and Rocky. Short for Newcastle Brown. Everybody asks oh, what that right. is. So, that's yes. right. English Springer Spaniel, English Brown Ale, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So, um, you know, it is hard. I, I mean, and I have three cats at home. Oh. So, you know, one of the cardinal rules is you never ask a shelter or rescue person how many animals they have. They usually have too many. But, you know, we do a lot of our shelter staff and volunteers will foster, which is an awesome nice. volunteer program, too. And, I mean, we totally need to have fosters that can get animals out of the shelter environment. Some of them just need to have a place to chill out for a while and recuperate from a surgery or something like that. So, you know, I kind of leave my home open for that type of stuff. Plus, you know, you develop your own little pack. And Uh so you don't uh always want to disturb that. That's right. That's right. So So is it just dogs and cats or do you also have like bunnies and fish? We have rabbits. Sometimes we do have fish. We have ferrets. Yeah, we have birds right now. We have hamsters and rats and gerbils and that type of stuff. So mostly domesticated. And would you say that that those the other animals that non dogs and cats are 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 adopted as often oh yeah yeah absolutely i mean they come in they don't stay very long because we get oh. them out of there very quickly so and oh. a lot of the smaller pocket pets i have to say do come from students after they leave for break you know i i was seeing i saw that in the michigan daily they they talked about how um, many people, when they graduate or they leave campus for the summer, they have to leave their pet behind. That seems so yeah. sad. Oh, wow. Well, and the thing is, is that that's what we want to instill in people is is, um, is proper pet ownership, uh-huh. though, too, because it is a responsibility. And so I guess I'd rather have students come out and be volunteers rather than coming in and adopting and not having time to take care of the animals. I feel like it's a very, like, I, I, like a Paris Hilton effect, right? Oh, you yeah. Know, like, Paris Hilton and Britney Spears, they have a new teacup trial every six months, yep. right? Yep, it seems like it, doesn't it? And it get, we get people that come in and they want something like that and they have no idea what the temperament is or if it fits into right. their home. Mm-hmm. So that's what we try to do is we spend a lot of time educating people and, and just trying to find that right match. Absolutely. A friend of mine, in fact, res- didn't necessarily rescue, but actually went and uh, someone bought a, uh, what is that, pe- pedig- uh, pedigree dog and things like mm-hmm. this and didn't realize how hyper the dog was. And that, yep. and, and was like, and they were in a, in a one-bedroom apartment or studio, I'm sorry, in a studio. And That's not a lot of space for a dog. Absolutely. Yeah. And so the student, and a student was just like, I just don't understand that. Well, now the friend of mine is trying to teach the dog that hey you know this is uh you will take you out running and all that good stuff but uh gotta have to stay here yeah right people would be surprised to know that we get so many purebred animals in right i mean a lot i mean nuki is a purebred springer spaniel i mean somebody obviously paid money for the dog and you know groomed him and cared for him and then lost him and didn't come find him so i think nuki needs to be away from the wires okay So, yeah, we do get a lot. And I think, like you said, people get an animal and they realize, you know, it's not for them or they can't care for it. And then they bring it to us. And, you know, so we end up with lots of purebreds every single day. So so, so tell me, what do you think of, of uh, so there's this big thing on Ellen, right? Ellen mm-hmm. had, um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but she had a, she had a, uh, a pet 
and she adopted the pet and didn't find a connection, but then her like stylist or someone mm-hmm. um, did, and she gave the pet to them, and then the agency was like, you can't do that, and they, they took them away. Right. Well, the, the whole situation was just done incorrectly, and uh-huh. I think, you know, most organizations try to protect the welfare of the animal. Right. And so we encourage people that if it doesn't fit in their family, bring it back to us. Mm-hmm. And so I think we would have worked it out a little differently if we had been involved in that and make sure that, you know, the family that the dog went to was a good enough family for uh-huh. it to be there. Uh-huh. So it's not a, you don't have to go in and just seize the dog. And, right. Yeah. yeah. That seems a little so extreme. And that was a little extreme. public yeah. and the puppy's very cute, you know. And yeah. so how do you do that? How do you match them? I mean, do they, I, I know the yeah. dogs don't probably hit a switch and take a survey mm-hmm. and, you know, the match.com. Well, actually, know. they kind of do. Um, oh. We started this Meet Your Match program, and it's put up by the ASPCA. And um, it's a two-part component thing where we test the dogs. It's like a personality thing. Oh. So Nuki ended up being very high energy. He was called a goofball. And so, <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, very much so. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? And Rocky was a couch potato. So I've yes. got, you know, one of each. But um, so what it, it's color-coded. And so yeah. then we have adopters come in and they fill out what is a survey. Okay. And so we kind of add it up at the bottom based on, you know, what they tell us about their lifestyle. Do you like to exercise, you know, high, medium, low? Do you want to do a lot of training for your animal? So, yes, he's quite the character. He has a few things to say, apparently. Exactly, exactly. So so that way we can kind of, you know, we give them a color, and then they we say, now he's sniffing the mic. Um, And then we ask them, you know, go through the kennel and look for this color, and then they'll give you a good idea of the type of animal you're looking for. Oh, that sounds so much fun. It really is a lot of fun. I feel like the results would be better than when I get a match. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should do a little match.com thing. Exactly, absolutely. Yeah. I love it. I like to do that with cats. Too? Well, actually, we're going to start a program with a felinality, oh. so like a personality yeah. thing. So we'll be doing the same thing because, you know, cats are, you know, it, it goes along the same lines, too, because, you know, Siamese cats can be very different than, you know, just, oh, you know, yeah. non-pedigree cats. So yeah, absolutely. So you want to make sure you have the right match. And that's what we feel is very important is getting the right match. Do you feel that you get more puppies than adult dogs or more adult dogs than puppies? More adult dogs. Mm-hmm. More more adult dogs and young dogs. So somebody will go and get a puppy from somewhere, and then six months to a year later, they say, oh, I can't train it, I can't take care of it, and they bring it to us with no manners, no training, no nothing. Gotcha. And so then, you know, we're spending our time I trying to... I have some students like that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> same thing. I have some faculty like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I probably have some employees like that. <laughs> So, I mean, so that's that happens quite often. And then we get very old animals, too. You know, people have had an animal for eight years, and, you know, they just recently lost their home and you can't take the animal to the apartment or stuff like that. Right. So we are seeing an increase in that as well, unfortunately. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, I, Well, one of the things I was thinking of is, like, okay, so you do a match, yeah. and um, sometimes yeah. there is... Um, they they're in a new environment and they um, they hide underneath the bed or mm-hmm. they don't want to come out or um, and I mean I guess the thing is that it's not necessarily that. Well, what do you do in that situation? And then I got a follow-up question. Well, what we do, it is a process. I mean, you don't just come to the Humane Society like you go to Best Buy, pick out what you want, and then pay and walk out the door. So it's it's a bit more involved Yeah, but those in eyes sometimes yeah, they do. <laughs> and we want you to not go just on looks. So. Okay, good. But, oh, but we spend good. time with the people and do an adoption meeting, and we have a whole adoption packet, and we have a DVD. And, you know, if people are oh. not sure they want to sleep on it, then, you know, we allow them to do that. We'll give them the information. They go home and think about it. Yes. We also have breed specific specific type stuff. So if you're, you know, if you don't know if you want a cattle dog, you know, we can give you that information, say what a cattle dog's going to do. So when it's nipping at the kid's heels when you take it home, well, that's normal. So, but now oh, I trained him to do that. There, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, you know, we try to spend time with people so we can help them because we want the dog and animal to stay in the home. We don't want the animal back. Right. I mean, if it doesn't work out, obviously, but we want it to be a happy match. Absolutely. And then we, too, have a behavior helpline. It's a free helpline for anybody. You don't have to have adopted it's from us. It's just for pets? Or? <laughs> you know, maybe we want to expand that and start charging. <laughs> I'm thinking. But, yeah, so you can call our behavior helpline, and we have trained 
volunteers who are, you know, dog um, trainers and cat people, and then they, you know, talk to people about the issues they're having and try to help them resolve them. Because that way the animal stays in the home rather than mm-hmm. coming to us mm-hmm. with the problems, and then, you know, we try to work with it. So Right, and, and I, that's really important because there's, the, there's the, the not only the support through the, the search and the match, but mm-hmm. then the follow-up, right? Cause, Absolutely. you know, for people who, you know, sometimes there are people in the LGBTQ community who are commitment folks. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yes. so uh-huh. it's good to have support around that too, right? Absolutely, uh-huh. but they are more committed to their animals, we find. Is this true? So, yes. Are really? Why is that? I don't know. Gays and lesbians are just great pet owners. Wow. I don't know what it, and maybe I'm just speaking to myself, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, you know, I think that they just, I think that they realize the commitment yeah. And they realize the, vulnerable, the vulnerability of the animal, too. And uh-huh, so it's just, yeah. you know, somebody to take care of that animal. But, I mean, I don't know if you guys know a lot of people that have animals. And uh, oh, yeah. those animals are number one <laughs> above oh, any totally. relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Even sometimes above their partner. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's really amazing. Exactly. Yeah. So how many, how many animals do you think you successfully match with, with new homes in a year, would you say? Well, we're, it's probably around... Four or five thousand adoptions a year. Wow. So, oh yeah, my gosh. Wow. that's lots. It is. It is, and we try very hard. I mean, we're open seven days a week, so we're just. I mean, our whole mission is to get these animals into good homes. So we're just doing anything we can to do that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I did have a question from an earlier thing that comment that you made, Gabe. Is like, okay, so the the dog comes in or whatever, and it's a brand new dog, and the own the, the old owner just realized I just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, train the dog and so when the dog comes in and it looks like a quote unquote problem dog mm-hmm. sometimes it, I mean and I have some friends where it's like I, I just don't this dog is so um, so wild I can't deal with it I can't train it and it, I usually find it's the trainer mm-hmm. so how can you determine like when you guys take the dog in or even the cat in and you realize it's just never been um, uh, uh, socialized. Right. Let's put it that way. Well, for one, when somebody turns an animal into us, we ask them to fill out a couple-page questionnaire on the life that they had with this animal, and that helps us get the animal adopted much quicker. And then we also have a behaviorist on our behavior director on staff, and so our staff and shelter management spend a lot of time assessing these animals. And then 24 hours after that animal comes in, especially for dogs, the volunteers are walking it. Yes, And so they can tell you right away whether this dog has ever walked on a leash. I mean, it, it's the funniest thing to see a dog that's never had a leash on before. It has really? no idea what to do. Huh. They just sit down. They stare at you. They, you know, they don't know what to do. <laughs> wow. so, and the same with the cats, too, because the cats will come in and they're scared to death. But all, all the volunteers need to do is just spend some time talking with them, just touching them, speaking right. softly to them, and they come right around. Yeah. So we do, I mean, we do target those that have problems and try to find ways to correct those so that, like I said, they go out better citizens than when they came in. Yeah, oh my god. So we've had people come back and actually want to re-adopt their animal after they've seen it here oh, you know, at the shelter, see, walking nice. great on the leash. So, oh, believe me, we, we, we take care of that stuff. Wow. So. So, so, so the Humane Society, tell me, is it just, the other Humane Society is all over the place. Right, and they they go mostly by county. So we have our individual board and staff and funders as well. And so we're not associated with any other humane society. So like Livingston County has their own and Jackson. And then um, Wayne County has Michigan Humane Society. So we're all individual and we get no support from anybody else except we all get along very well and work together when we can. Right. Do you watch, do you have Animal Planet? Are you familiar? Oh, gosh, yes. Okay, so there used to be Animal Cops. Mm -hmm. Animal Cops Detroit. Right. Now, did you watch that and like, oh boy, here we go. Like, what was your, like, what did you think about? Well, I watched it and know that we go through the same thing every day. Wow. Even in Washtenaw County. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And Animal Cops are trained for people who don't know. It's like, so they're from the ACP. A-S-P-C-A. They're from the Michigan Humane Society. Michigan actually. Humane Society. Mm-hmm. So is that statewide or nope? No. Wayne They're just Wayne County. And they go into they re- they pick up reports of animal abuse, mm-hmm. and sometimes these animals are in horrible shape. Yep. Yeah. And it's very heartbreaking. I can't. Th- there's a lot. It seems like to me a lot in Texas where there's people who are hoarding animals, mm-hmm. but just like really gruesome stuff. Right. Well, and it happened, like I said, it happens here. We've got two full-time cruelty investigators, and so, and they've been prosecuting. I think we prosecuted three dogfighting cases just in this year. 
So just this year, just in this Washington year County. in Washtenaw County. And we're not even in the middle of April. I guess we are in the middle yeah. of April, but we haven't. I mean, this is only three and a half months. Yeah. But they're going on cruelty calls. I mean, they do thousands of cruelty investigations every year, so they get calls every single day. Not in my neighborhood does that happen. And that's why well, you no would be way. surprised. I mean, we had a rot- <laughs> we had a Rottweiler that came in the other day with an embedded collar in its neck, oh. and so it's you know, I mean, it happens. And that's what I tell people when they come to volunteer orientations and when I do community outreach is that it is happening in our community mm. and it just doesn't get the press like, you know, animal cops do. But you can bet every community has this type of stuff. Wow. That's heart-wrenching. I'm sorry. That it part is. got me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the, just the embedded collar. I mean, yeah. that would hurt. Oh, my gosh. So, so, so not only in Allen, but there's this was another thing in Oprah you said earlier mm-hmm. about puppy mills, right? Yeah. That was amazing. I don't know if you guys saw that. I didn't get a chance to yet. Well, we we watched it in our management team meeting. I wanted to be meeting. strong. Oh boy, <laughs> you got to watch it because I think all of us were crying by the end of it because it's it. I mean, it really did take the problem from the beginning, and it was puppy mills. And the reason puppy mills existed because people go into puppies to pet stores and buy puppies. And puppy mills, like literally, like breeding facilities. That's all it is for purebred right. puppies. They're not even purebred half the time. Huh. I mean, you know, they don't look like purebreds. Uh, I, mean, I mean, and the thing is, is that a, a pure, certified... A purebred mutt. Right, exactly. <laughs> I say special yeah. edition. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. An AKC breeder is going... I mean, if you're going to... If you want to get a purebred, that's who you have to go through uh-huh. is through a certified breeder. But, you know, when you go to a pet store, those are... I mean, people are doing it in their backyard and just breeding puppies. So, I mean, that's really where the problem starts. It just creates the overpopulation of animals. And mm. then we get them in the shelters. Wow. So, I mean, and people feel bad. They go to the pet store and say, oh, look at that poor puppy. I'll save it. Yes. And then it just makes space for the next one that, mm. you know, is coming up from. And they're usually in Ohio and Pennsylvania and Kentucky. And so the key is to not support the pet stores. Don't buy from pet stores. Mm-hmm. Don't buy pets from pet stores. Right. Right. Mm. Huh. Interesting. Absolutely. Wow. So, of course, this, all these services and all this work that you guys are doing is totally funded by the government, and you guys really are not needing any <laughs> extra support. <laughs> what planet are we on? I wish. I wish. If it's not in my backyard, there's no... <laughs> that's right. <laughs> fully that's right. funded. No. I wish. I wish. I mean, we do get some support from Washtenaw County, and we appreciate that, and you know, we're the animal control holding facility for them. Oh. But for everything else, I mean, when we prosecute a case, our investigators are paid by our donors. Oh, I mean, wow. we have to beg for every single thing we get. So mm. that's why it's very important because we're trying to build a new building right now. Our, oh, wow. Our building was built in 1951. And it's tiny. Oh, it's, well, yeah, it's small and it's falling apart. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, oh, oh, look at that picture. Yeah, oh, that, that looks like what Nuki would do. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, but people can help out, like there's a fundraiser coming up? Yes, we have our annual Walk and Wag, which is our largest fundraiser of the year. And um, people can join us at County Farm Park on May 17th, and it's from 9 o'clock to 1230. And you can bring your dog. And it's really a lot of fun because you go there, and we have dog games. We have kid games. We have all kinds of entertainment. Martin Van Dyke will be our, uh, our MC for the day. And um, it's just really a lot of fun. And you can go to our website, www.hshv.org. And you can donate humane, there. Ah, Humane Society of Huron, Huron Valley. Valley. Exactly. All the initials. I love it. I love it. So, do you spoil your dogs? No. <laughs> Are you kidding? Do you know what they would be like? They get no people food. Except, except vegetables. But no, I try not to spoil them. Oh. What about stuff? Do you buy them stuff? Well, I buy them stuff, yeah. See, you, you do stuff. spoil okay, them. Okay, okay. Just maybe a little. They deserve it. I mean, they bring such joy to our family. So it's just, you know, it's just great. Absolutely. absolutely. I totally spoil my puppy. So what does every dog absolutely need? I a, mean, a wonderful family and home. <laughs> okay, I thought you were going to say iPod. Yeah, really? <laughs> mine has been asking for an iPod really, forever. Yeah. <laughs> that might help you out taking your walk. I right? know. <laughs> I'm, kidding, right? I'm, like, I'm not getting you an iPod. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever. No, because then she'll be listening to like the disco and be walking faster. Yeah, that's right. That's right. There you go. Burning those <laughs> calories. Absolutely. But yeah, just a, a great home is what all we can hope for. And Absolutely. I mean, just, you know, lots of love and attention. That's. Absolutely. It's what everybody deserves, right? Right. And, and that's the thing about um, Nuki and Rocky. Rocky, thank you, is that, um, I mean, they're just so lovable. I mean, mm-hmm. actually, I'm kind of heartbreaking. That's why I got asked earlier, so how do you prevent yourself from uh, not taking one home? So it's just, it looks, I mean, they just provide so much love. Mm-hmm. I mean, Can I know. people just come and pet the dogs? Yeah, we have people that come in on the weekends that, you know, aren't ready to adopt, and they'll bring their family, and this happens every weekend, especially when it gets nice, and they fill out the paperwork, 
and then they just start walking dogs. They say, oh, I want to walk this one. I want to walk that one. And so they kind of get an idea. We like it to be a process. Okay. I mean, we don't want you to just walk in and, like I said, go based off looks. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, just say, hey, I want that one because there's a lot more to it than. And, and so do you find that there's, like, an uptake of dogs that are, I don't want to say returned or abandoned. Is it abandoned? I don't know. That come to um, to Humane Society uh, like after the holidays, because like, mm-hmm. you know, there's this whole thing like, don't give him his gifts. Don't give him his gifts. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, we have a very strong policy about that. Yeah. So, yeah, and we call it owner surrender is what uh. it is. But you know, people surrender animals for various reasons, and the hard thing is, is to not be judgmental. Yeah. Because until you've walked in somebody's shoes, you don't know what their life is like. And we feel that the animals are better off being with us than if somebody can't care for them. Mm. So, and we can find them the right home. But yeah, after the holidays, that happens. So we offer gift certificates in oh, lieu of. So we're just trying to find a way to get people to come in and still, you know, want to adopt and then give them a gift certificate. So. Right. <laughs> He's fixated on you. <laughs> I know. It's like, okay, what do you got in your hand? Any food? Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Get he wants to be the engineer. I That's know. right. <laughs> I'm going to put him to work. He cost me a lot of money. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so and uh, and again, so the full battery services is there's clinics there as well. Yes, right? and if I can go through a couple of things because the clinic stuff is just is just fantastic because I our main mission is to spay and neuter every animal, mm-hmm. and so you know if you have a dog or cat. It needs to be spayed or neutered. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just no reason not to have it spayed mm-hmm. or neutered. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we're doing is um, for cats right now, we're offering low-cost spay and neuter. Spays are $40. Neuters are $35. Mm-hmm. The males are cheaper. I don't know why, but... Gotcha. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. easier, easier to do. Exactly. And then the big thing that we started offering um, for the whole year is that we're offering uh, spays and neuters low-cost for pit bulls. So... Right. Oh, for pit bulls. Oh, yep. okay. Yep. So, um, and are can, there a lot of? Do you see a lot of pit bulls? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And they make great pets. They do. They fact, really do. In fact, my favorite story is the fact that um, uh, there was a pit bull, a baby pit bull, that just showed up at my back door. And um, I heard the screaming and it was howling or whatever. And I was like, because I, I have where I used to live, I used to have a playground in the background, in the backyard, mm-hmm. or not in my yard, but behind me. <laughs> and, um, and I thought, oh, it must be just kids playing because the local preschool would go up there and play and stuff. And, and when I went to go fix my breakfast, I was just like, that's a little closer than I think. So I <laughs> went to open my door and there's this little, I mean, l- this little pit bull about the, about the size of my hand. And... Just this tiny little thing, just a little yelping or whatever, and just hanging out. Just hanging out, <laughs> and so I it was. Um, uh, so I was calling around, trying to figure out what to, you know, like who, like whose is this, and or who do I give this to, or whatever. And um, a coworker of mine said, "Bring it in. I just want to take a look at him, kind of thing, or whatever, and just want to see what a pit, baby pit bull would look like." And sure enough, she had she had alternative motives, oh. and uh, I brought him in and things like this, and the whole office just fell in love with him. Mm. And uh, Ripley is his name, mm. and so Ripley would come. In and uh, every day, and um, and would just you know talk to everybody, and around eleven thirty to about one thirty two, would get up out of her office and and just would walk out of her office, and <laughs> she was like, "Wow, oh, I wonder what this is about." Well, she was just like, "Okay, whatever," and things like this, and then. Um, one day she walked out of her office around that time and realized that he went from office to office to office because it was around lunch. Yeah. Oh, everybody, everybody thought they were the only one sneaking a treat. And so yeah, he went oh, that's exactly. Funny. But the one thing that was really cool about the pit bull is that, um, in fact, this was at the HIV AIDS Resource Center. Mm-hmm. And Ripley, um, and when clients would come in with their family or friends or um, their support system, um, the one that was HIV positive, um, Ripley would put um, his um, uh, head on their knee, mm-hmm. and, um, and 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 like the partner, or the uh, the friend or whatever who like oh Ripley would pull away, <laughs> and then but with the the client he always knew who the client was and he was only there for him for him or her. Yeah. Oh, that's it great. was like such a great. They have like, an uncanny wow. sense. They yes, really do. Absolutely. And I know that um, Nuki and Rocky do a lot of outreach with me and with children too. And we found that they spend a lot more time and attention on the special needs kids. Oh, see. So yeah, it's very interesting. Absolutely. But I did want to say though too. Um, one of the things, the other things that we're doing with our clinic is we're offering a heartworm clinic, mm. where you can get a heartworm test for your dog and rabies and distemper shot and microchips. Oh, <gasps> yes. If you don't have a microchip, you need one, but. Um, we're going to be holding that next clinic on May 3rd, and it's going to be at Mantis Pet Supply in Ipsy. Now, where is Mantis Pet Supply? On Michigan Avenue. 
Okay. Near Mansfield. Oh, yeah, where they have the big grasshopper. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay, yes, okay. So, yeah, they're wonderful, wonderful people. So we did a, one uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was a great success. So oh. so we're trying to, you know, the microchip ide- identification, we include that as part of our adoption. Oh, that's great. On every animal. And that connects, it's microchip. The, right. The, the animal's micro. Can you get cats microchip? Absolutely. You can get anything microchipped. Interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Noted. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's brilliant. Brilliant. So anything else you want to ta- ta- tell us about from the Humane Society here in Valley? Well, let's see. Other than Walk and Wag, which is huge. May so, 3rd. No, that's May 17th. May 17th. We always have so much going on. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. So you have to check out our website because it has all the information about volunteering, our events, everything. And, and that's hshv.org. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, you know, too, I mean, just kind of in closing, with, with us and most humane societies, we just feel that... It, that um, love makes a family, mm. and that unlike other places in the country, mm. we want gay couples to adopt animals. Yes. So we definitely will uh, support that. And so if any of the listeners would like to come and visit us, and if they want to ask for the family discount, we'll give them 10% off Ooh. their adoption fee. Yep, up until Sunday. Okay, nice. all right. So come on Fabulous. over and see us. Absolutely. That's brilliant. And, and there's low-cost vaccinations. Right. Um, and all sorts of, and volunteers, they need volunteers. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We need lots of volunteers. Well, great. Well, well, thanks so much for joining us. We've been talking with Kelly Schwartz, who's the Director of Volunteer Programs and Community Outreach for the Humane Society of Huron Valley, with the pups, um, Rocky and Nuki. Absolutely. Yes. That's great. Yeah, they didn't say very much. Goodness. No, <laughs> now, now they're chilled out. I know, as soon as we're done. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Brilliant. Well, thanks again. Well, thanks a lot, guys, for inviting us. We absolutely. appreciate it. So we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Closets of Close on WCBN FM in Arbor, and we will be right back. Make me belong to you. I can be your baby or a king. You got the power to make me anything. You got the power to open your heart. It's up to you. It's up to you. Cause darling, I am. Whatever you make me. So baby, baby, whatever you make me. Guests from from Humane Society here in Valley, and I, I can't wait. I love. Um, I, I'm going to do the whole walk and wag thing, and yeah. I'm going to try not to adopt another animal. And that's right. That's right. Uh, but doesn't you know? Doesn't your dog need a part? You know, a buddy, a pal. I'm his buddy. Oh, oh, got it. All right. Much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, because my you know my parents have a couple dogs back home in St. Louis, and they oh. they are they are partners in crime. Gotcha. So, how are you? I'm doing okay. Thank you for um, getting the show started. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah, I had, I, you know, I had, I had animals to play with. That's so. right. Exactly. Exactly. But um, so yeah. So um, one of the things that um, I thought was uh, hysterical that um, bless you, Arita sneezing. Yeah. Face you okay, Arita? Oh my goodness. Um, is that I? Oh, I was gonna. Oh, I was gonna pull this up, but I got so involved with Nuki and Rocky and. Um, that there was um, 
Um, oh, what was I going to share? What was I going to share? But how are you? While well, I'm looking for the stuff, good. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm getting over a cold. So, um, ooh, a spring cold. A spring cold. I really, I really resent when um, it's nice out and I'm sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it should only be gross out when I feel gross. Yeah. So, but that's okay. And have you been watching American Idol? <gasps> yes. OMG. Oh my goodness. Last night right. was um, Mariah Carey night, people. Oh. And if you ever doubted Mariah Carey's fabulousness, then you just need to watch her. Um, Absolutely. Because she is back and her album's out and it's supposed to be really good. We should have Chris on sometime to talk about all the new albums because Madonna has a new album out too. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you. I saw Chris recently. Uh huh. But I'll tell you about that later. Go ahead. Yeah. So so last night was Mariah Carey night, and who did you like? Did you watch? Um, let's see. Who did I like? Well, David Cook. I mean, that was, was kind of an emotional for me. Absolutely, it was amazing. And the connection because I knew he's been having health problems, but uh-huh. I didn't really know what it was. And amazing. And, and you know, the other thing is, uh, do you like David Archuleta? He's the young one. No, neither do I. Oh, good. I was going to say because I I hate to tell you, but. I, he's just too young. He for is me. too young, and he has a very small range. It's oh, just not I never very, thought about that. So um, I, 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 th- I think he'll be. I, I don't think he'll make it to the end. I think David Cook is the most talented. I think yep. of the women, I don't know. I don't like really like any of them. No, I don't either. I was yeah. really surprised that I don't think the women are very strong this year. So, and in fact, I'm not really surprised that they're just dwindling away because I think isn't there like three left? I keep forgetting. Um, well, they just kicked off a, a guy last week, so that's true. Okay, yes, and um, so yeah, so it's just been. I mean, it, they're it's getting smaller and smaller. So we'll see. Oh we'll my see. gosh! Absolutely. Um, gosh, I keep looking and looking um, because it was something I really wanted to share, and now of course. Well, you know, we were saying it. It was interesting because you know the, the Dalai Lama will be here this Sunday. Oh yeah, and the Pope is in the United States. Yeah, well, how interesting <laughs> is that? I mean, I so, thought, um, how ironic and happy birthday to the Pope. It's today. Happy birthday to the Pope. I know he listens when he can. Yes, absolutely. On the, uh-huh. He's on the, on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with his, his Prada, Prada, Prada. Oh, absolutely. So, Come on. Um, with the person that's doing, I mean... Where's Prada shoes? Where's a dress? Come on, you know that. I'm not saying he's gay, but have you ever seen him with a with a girl? Yeah, <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> hey, I just report the news, okay? Absolutely. I just want to point out that I am a Catholic, <laughs> and I feel like I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> anyway, um, so so the Pope and the Dalai Lama are in the United States. Yeah, so we're so trying this to figure out, like make a trifecta of holy people. I don't know who else we could bring back. Exactly. Like, share. Sure. Yeah. Bet Midler. You know, exactly. An event. Oh man. Exactly. Well, then, then um, last week Desmond Tutu, um, he was receiving an international human rights. That's right. Um, and award. He, he said, you know, homophobia is like apartheid. Yes. And you know, and you know, I have, I am a groupie for Nobel Peace Prize laureates. Oh really? Which is a really odd thing to be groupy about. Yeah. But it's true, like Oscar Arias and Rico Berta Menchu too. I love them all. So Gotcha. Uh, wow. Um, so I was really happy to see him. Arita's laughing. She's like, I know. You're such a nerd. <laughs> 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 so You know, we actually live to make sure we get her to laugh. That's I mean, right, we, we do. You can't see it, but it's joyful. Yeah. <laughs> it it really is. It's like um, and so so yeah, so I don't know. I feel like it's been a, a quiet-ish week for um, LGBT news. Yeah, exactly. Well, then there was also, and one of the things that I we haven't had a chance to edit yet is uh, Matt Foreman stepped down yesterday uh-huh, uh-huh. from the National Gay and Lesbian Task Force. That's right, as executive director, and they've named Ray Carey, who's his um, as interim. Ray yes. Carey as the interim, and Ray is very cool. She's very neat. Yes. So they have, you know, I have a fond place. In, uh, a fond place in my heart for the task force. So, oh, yeah. so they they continue to do great work. And uh, I don't know if you read that. So Lawrence King, a young man in Oxford, Oxnard, um, no. California. No, we've talked about him. He, he well, he, yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, okay, yes. Okay. I was trying to be. Uh, oh, let gotcha. you go to so, the story. So Lawrence King, who was killed by a fellow middle schooler. Yes. Um, yes. they're trying his killer as a juvenile and not an adult, which is. See, now that's interesting because yeah. part of me. I, I mean, part of me agrees with that. I mean, that he's not being charged as an adult because mm-hmm. who really is at blame? I mean, part of me thinks it should be really the parents that should be on trial, hmm. you know, and not the and um, because like where 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 did he get those values that it was okay? To, first of all, to kill, 
you know, second of all, that uh, that this behavior, um, that just being um, it, it, it being so hateful because someone expressed an interest in them or that they particularly liked them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that would, who really should be really on trial here. Sometimes I really think is it the is it the child that's that that's the problem, just like with the dogs, you know, that we just had in a few minutes ago. Okay, I think is it the dog that just has not been socialized and and told the rules, or is it the owner? Or the parents that I'm not well, saying that children are being case, owned. Even but, more, you know. I think in this case even more that there is a societal blame to be had. Yes, you know, or uh, and you know, we today we're se- we're also commemorating and remembering the one year anniversary of the tragedy of Virginia Tech. Right? Yeah, so I forgot about that. Yeah, we have to look at at you know if we think about all of our isms racism homophobia heterosexism classism if we think of that as the trunk of a tree yeah we have to think about what the roots are yes. and we have to think about what the shoots are absolutely right so so i think yeah parents mm-hmm. uh, i think also classmates i think also th- i think that we all have work to do right right and right. I, I think what's important also is remembering that the 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 boy who committed the crime brandon mcnerney is 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 a boy. Yes. And I guess that's what I really want yeah. to make emphasize. It's like really think about it. I mean when I think about I mean he's 13 years old and I look at my nephew who's 12. Mm-hmm. I'm like my 12-year-old nephew, I mean how much of the world does he really know? I mean how much and interacting with the world does he really understand? And and I just sit there like one one more turn of fate's clock and that could have been your nephew, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And it's just it's just like wow. And so that's where I really think about like he they don't really know that much. And so it is a boy. It is a it is a youth, a very young um, inexperienced, you know, not knowing how to deal with the world. Mm-hmm. And and somehow somewhere he learned that anger. You know, he learned that hatred. No one's born a bigot, right? Absolutely. That's true. That's true. But you're right. And that's that's one of the things that why I think on this show we talk about a lot is where – is that there is a lot of intersection. I mean, is it a, is it a tree or is it a, a spectrum or a rainbow of things? Sorry, I didn't think about that spectrum. <laughs> but um, is it a is it a prism of of where they're all interconnected in some way? The classism, racism, sexism. Sure, they are because because know. every every root of that tree can be its own trunk. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So then, how that's so that's my thing. So if that's true, then how in the world do we uproot it? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we like just like a like a, a plant that's undesirable plant that you have in your flower garden, mm-hmm. you know, that um, how do you pull that out? How do you how do you get that stuff out of the. Uh, well, and, you know, I think that a lot of our social justice organizations talk about it or maybe even do it without realizing that there's work to be done. You know, yes, absolutely. you know, that the canvas of social justice is, is large. And if you paint even a little bit of it, then you have done a lot. Yes. So, so this is where we get cross movement activism, and and we talk about intersectionality and important and absolutely. Deep ways. So, so yeah, I think all of it. Do yes. it all, people. Absolutely. <laughs> and I understand that it can be really overwhelming. I mean, sometimes it's like you know, there's just work that's just it's just never done. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're never done with the. Uh, um, you know, you 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 work on uh, racism issues. You work on sexism issues, and then you got, you know, classes of issues. I mean, the work could just be overwhelming, and and um, and sometimes I, I feel some sometimes personally, I sometimes feel like there's 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 no hope because I sometimes don't feel that there is any change. All the work I'm doing, you know, that there isn't any change occurring, mm. and then something happens, and I'm like, you know something's happening you know and i get that little glimpse but sometimes i don't and it gets overwhelming well and and, you know sometimes the people who are you know people sometimes get their comeuppance you know i don't know if you heard about you know remember sally kern sally kern is Mm -hmm. the oklahoma uh, legislator who who likened gay people to terrorists who said that gay people are worse than terrorists well it turns out that there is um a, a corporation who they were going to move to oklahoma but have changed their mind oh Based wow. on her, uh, so a San Francisco Bay Area financial services company um, has, you know, they're about to rule out Oklahoma City as a place to relocate wow. because, uh, you know, because um, 
That's amazing. Yeah. So I think and that's that, powerful. I mean, I think that that's really, really powerful. I mean, just like when Google was moving to Ann Arbor, uh-huh. because we passed the um, the uh, they where we had to um, dismantle affirmative action here in Michigan. Mm. They, uh, my understanding is that they actually rethought whether they were going to move. And it, it, it matters, right? Absolutely. So when things like that, you you hear like this huge this huge vacuum of, of mm-hmm. talented and incredibly smart gay people, queer people leaving. Yes, absolutely. So absolutely. And that's why and it's just really unfortunate. And, and then so we wonder why these places that are that are accepting and are um and, and welcome diversity and 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 welcome difference. Mm-hmm. Um because it, it just enriches you know, I, I don't want to use that melting pot thing, but it's just, it's definitely like a tossed salad where you have a lot of different things in there. Oh, I didn't mean it that way. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Okay. Whatever. Caesar you totally salad. went there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the look on your face. Um, I'm sorry. The, um, the, like a Caesar salad where you have a lot of different things that are, um, that, a fruit salad, a fruit salad. Absolutely. Um, to add to the flavor of the salad, I mean, and, and make it so um, interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's what's so interesting is that, okay, so with all this activism, a situation happened to me um, last week. Hmm. Um, so I got some new eyeglasses, and I, um, out of the spur of a moment, I, th- I thought it was really cute. There were the, the um, optometrist was selling noses. Now, there were jeweled noses. They were like this. The one I particularly bought was kind of like a lime green, and it had pink... Noses? Noses. You actually you bought this nose... And that's where you put your glasses on. Exactly. Okay. You put your nose on. You rest your, glass on, or your glasses on the nose. Um, and so it kind of it's kind of cute. It's like, oh, it's kind of funny, but it's all, it's all bedazzled. Um, you know, oh the, God, it's got like dazzled. all kinds of <laughs> uh, rubies and, and little... Um, Bedazzling things. Bedazzling things, making it definitely the nose much more brighter. Kind okay. Of thing. Okay. And um, and somebody was in my office, and um, and th- they were just commenting on how my office is decorated and things like this. And they went, "What the heck is this?" And I said, "Oh my gosh, this thing is so gay." And I put it out and put my glasses on. I said, "Isn't that just fabulous? It is so. I mean, it's so gay. It's so, so wait, mean." So the person said that. No, so I said it. Oh, okay. I said that this is so. The nose thing is so gay. It is just with all the rubies and the and the things. It's just so fabulous, like this or whatever. And she looked at me like. <gasps> How dare you say that? Huh? Like you can't say it's so gay like this. And I looked at her, like oh, I meant that in a positive manner, uh-huh. you know, kind of thing. And and she was just Does like, she know that you're gay. Yeah, I mean, there's nobody at work that doesn't know. But yeah, I mean, it's just <laughs> one of those things that you know. Um, but she was absolutely appalled that I would even use that term. Interesting. And so I was, I was b- befuddled. How's that for a word? Befuddled in the in the in like so. When are we able to use those terms? Like, you know, when, when, you know, when I call, when I'm, you know, with a friend who's gay and I'm like, oh, you, you know, you fag or something like this. Is that, you know, it's something that's kind of accepted when we're in, in our, in a, in a group. But when I, you know, like, oh, you are just so gay, you know, um, I meant that in a really a positive thing. But when does it cross the line? You know, when does where she was, she went there and she was, and it's got to the point where for her, just saying that is a, is a bad thing. Hmm. That's interesting. And I, cause she was instantly like, you could see her shoulders and she became very stern. And then she looked at me and realized, oh, well you're gay. So, and she got a little, you know, less tense, but it still was a very tenseful moment when I realized what she was getting tense about is because I used the word gay and use it. And so I thought that was very interesting of like, am I not allowed to use that? I mean, I say go. Okay. Seriously. No, no seriously. I mean, because I'm, you know, I think that, I think there's lots of language that we, so meaning or languages is, is defined by people and groups of people. Right. So, so and words mean different things to different groups of people. And absolutely. I think this is a case of in group language and we have in group and out group language. Right. right? So, right. If you think of um, you and your group of friends who have a inside joke, yeah, and if someone from outside your group of friends tries to do the inside joke, it just seems really fake and artificial, Absolutely. right? Yes. So I think it's very similar to in-group and out-group language. And in-group language has the utility; it connects groups of people, right? Right. So, so I think that, and also we have to recognize that it operates on a double standard. Yes. 
right? Yes. So a great mm-hmm. example of this is the N-word, mm-hmm. right? Which I would not feel comfortable using, but right. I know many African-American, black American yeah. people and groups of friends who use that word to refer to each other. Yes. As do I use the word like queen or fag to yes. to talk to my group of friends. Right. Exactly. Now, would I call a straight person that? I probably not. Right. So right. I always give this example about my brother. Okay. Um. So I I would often say like, oh, you know, Rob is such a loser, or or I can't believe he did that, or I'm so mad at him, and you know, he's such a deadbeat. Um. And then I might say that poor when, guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. He's not. So, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so and uh, the next day, and someone says to me like, God, your brother's such a loser. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, no, you did. <laughs> like, you did not say that because you're not in my family, okay? You better step. Uh-huh. And so, and But these are things that I had just said about yes. my own brother, right? Right. Uh-huh. But it's different. Yes. It's different. Yes, absolutely. So, so I mean, I think that there's, I, you know, I think that um, where's the line? I don't yeah. know. You know, right. it has to be about context. You yes. also have to take in, like, into account this intent versus impact, right? Right. So I intended it one way, but it impacted you another. Yes. Um, and I think that's interesting. Absolutely. And I think that there is also this very good example because my brother, when he found out when I first came out to him, we got into a huge argument, mm-hmm. huge argument, and he got so irate that he turned to me. We have one minute. No, it's 10. Holy moly. Oh, okay. I was going to say, oh my the gosh, this half reader. hour. Like the went, big hand. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is so that your brother. My brother, and he got so irate, and he got to the point where he was being like irrational, like starting calling names. And he turned to me, and I'm going to use kind of a, um, not a paraphrase, but I'm going to use substitute words. He basically called me a, um, a penis lollipop. Oh, got it. Okay. <laughs> And um, and I turned to him and I said, absolutely, and I'm very good at it. Oh? And he was like, oh, I can't even insult you anymore. Like, this doesn't matter. He was so angry that now he can't insult me and call me all those names. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I, I am the best. And he O-M-G. just was. Absolutely. So it was like. And so you're right. Impact and or intent and impact. It was very. um <laughs> It can become very interesting claiming those words. Well, yeah, so. it's true, and it's about claiming those words too. So, Absolutely. like the word queer. Yeah. Like think about the word queer, and even it's fractious within the LGBTQ community. Yeah. So, so some people will say, "Oh, I want to use the word queer," and some people will say, "Do not use the word queer." Right. Because that's the word they used to use when they beat me. Yes. Absolutely. Right? So it's about in-group language. It's about groups of people. Um, you know, it's sort of like that whole, how do you know if it's porn? I don't know how to define it, but I know it when I see it. Ah, so, okay. So is this inappropriate? And I so therefore, know. I've never seen porn. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm still never, ever. prejudiced. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> April Fool's. So, um, so, so yeah. So, I mean, I, I believe strongly that it's okay for groups to have... Um, an in-group language and cultural language set. Um, what it's not okay is 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 crafting words and, and other things that that exclude people on purpose. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I think that I think that I think it's we really must have more, more inclusive language. Absolutely, and include everybody. I mean, that's the and the the, the balance is we want to have inclusive language, but we don't want to water ourselves down. Oh, at, right, right, right. We don't want to be so inclusive that everything is beige because beige is not for all seasons. I don't care who you are and what you say. <laughs> you may not wear beige all the time. Put some color in your wardrobe. <laughs> Sorry, but I but I like beige. No. <laughs> I will roll up this newspaper and hit you in the nose. Don't pass me. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but I like beige. Um. So. Um, <laughs> but I like light brown. Anyway. So. Um. <sighs> it makes me look thinner. Um. So especially against this light wall. Oh my don't goodness. You think you know? Oh I goodness. just kind of mold right into it. All right. <laughs> anyway. Oh. But yes, absolutely. I think that you're right. I mean, and I think the language is a way to start to start talking about that. Mm-hmm. And and because part of me is like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be labeled, classified, put in a box. Because I certainly, because I, I think I like to explore lots of different things. Right. I mean, at work, I mean, there's surprise a lot of times like, well, for Halloween when I dressed up as um, Snow White. Mm-hmm. 
there were people absolutely shocked. And I just sat there and they were like, oh, and so then suddenly the word went around a little bit that I was transgender. Um, I'm all these different things. And I was like, it's because That's people very interesting. don't really do well with ambiguity. Absolutely. People are not comfortable with things they do not Well, understand. because there's no rules. No, exactly. You exactly. actually have to accept That's the person why, for who they are. If you have a baby and you walk the baby around in yellow clothing, people freak out. <laughs> it's like, how is he, she, Your baby? She, <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's the thing. When I when I started learning or started interacting with friends of mine who were transgendered, I mean, the, I started learning not to, how to use the the he and she. That I really did say, how are they? How are you know, mm-hmm. um, um, where um, the the theirs, the things where there isn't any disease and the here's. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you? I mean, I mean, just really trying to figure out. I got used to that language, and it's very interesting sometimes when I'm talking with my family, and they, and their like their heads start to tilt. Like, what is Dan? Like, because they can't picture the person I'm talking about because I don't, I did not identify he or she, oh. black or white. Um, I just that like for instance, there was a situation I was talking about. Like, oh, I ran into this person um, at the grocery store, and oh, and we and I, I asked them about you know how 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 do you pick out an orange, and we were just interacting and things. I never identified, and um, and uh, who if it was a male or a female, and I didn't even realize that I was even talking about it mm. that way, and and then the questions came from my the littlest nephew who was asking, well, you know, well, was it a guy or a girl, and and because he was trying to figure out what the interaction was and oh. what is important about it, was it you know was that a person who was the person white, were they Indian? I was like. This is very fascinating that he can't continue the conversation until he can picture who this person is and whether Uncle Dan is, uh, you know, trying to pick up this girl at the grocery store or, you know, whatever. So it was a very interesting. And I started realizing that I do that a lot and didn't even notice Mm -hmm, it. -hmm. Yeah. So that's why I, you know, I have a one year old nephew now. Actually, he's 13 months now. And so I'm going to try to do everything I can to to undermine my parent, my, my brother's authority as a parent (laughs) because I grew up with him and I know like he has no like uh, authority or like, you know, (laughs) whatever he's playing. Well, so you know, I intend to losers let don't. No, no, no. I, uh, <laughs> I intend to to make sure that his son knows that his his father filled my diary with me. So, <laughs> so I've been sending him. So I sent. I've been sending him like books that are alter, quote unquote Aww. alternative families. So, um, like there's this book about a unicorn that says. Uh, I think it's called uh, I'm I'm different and that's okay. Aww. It's written by Carson Keeley from um, Queer Eye. Yeah. I also sent him this book called Entango Makes Three. It's about uh, two gay penguins who raise oh. a baby penguin, or yes. two male penguins who raise a baby penguin. Yeah. True story. Um, so I've been sending him uh, a lot. It of is a true story. <laughs> it is. It is. It's a true story. Absolutely. Arita doubts my. Uh, <laughs> she uh, just thinks you're cute. Uh, so so cute stories. I'm trying to. Um, to really inculcate my nephew with absolutely with uh, difference. Uh, well, and I think that that's what uh, what, and that's the thing is you don't have to go into. I mean, you're not going to you're not going into homosexuality and, no. and male sex. And, Just difference, and, right? And exactly. That you know what is you know what is going on and and um, what a person and just understanding that there is a variety of folks out there. So yeah, that's right. Well, mm. good. So what are you going to do to enjoy the day tonight? I am driving. I'm driving three hours tonight. To where? To Grand Rapids. So it's probably an hour, two hours. But I mean, with my driving and I'll run into construction or something. So What? Well, that's part of the reason why I was late tonight. I'm helping to put on a conference tomorrow for the rest of the week. And so I had some last bit of things I had to get out. And and it's in and, Grand Rapids. And it's in Grand Rapids. So I got to get there tonight. So that we Is can- it a Calvin? Uh, no, it's actually at a hotel. Ooh. So we're not going. We're invo- though we're inviting a lot of people from universities and hospitals and and a lot of different institutions. I'm going to be uh, so I'm getting there tonight and then put helping to put the conference together. Then tomorrow, getting up bright and early, like eleven o'clock. And uh, no, I'm kidding. No, I'm going to get up the crack of dawn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and then get the st- you know get our registration table up and going. Welcome our. Um, in fact, that's the funny thing is I had to go pick up. We had to pick up um, uh, presenter gifts. 
and what I got him Godiva chocolate. Mm. So the little like packages, they're called uh, bullets or something, or um, they're little, they're, they're they're tiny. They're not like Altoids, but they're like um, like little Tic Tacs. Hmm. So, but they're just chocolate. So I thought, ooh, yeah. So yes, exactly. So I'm, um, so I'm kind of interested in so how that's going to go, and uh, um, it's uh, so I'm, I'm kind of excited because it's our first, um, you know, the three day conference, and um, and so this is it's usually like we usually have drive in conferences where you drive in for the afternoon and then you drive out, um, and so this is our like multi, first multi day conference even though this is like the 13th or 14th one. Oh, it's the 13th one oh great it's gonna be bad luck Uh-oh. um and um and uh, we're gonna see what we can do so Brilliant. what are you gonna do for the rest of the day um i think i'm gonna go home and be with my puppy oh seeing those other dogs even though he's gonna sniff me and be like have you been cheating on me yeah <laughs> and i'm gonna be like baby it's not what you think and, oh, <laughs> and it's gonna be awkward exactly and, and he's gonna have a headache and well make sure sleep. he tunes into his favorite show okay yeah absolutely you know because I'm going to be listening on my drive. I'm going to be listening to Who's That Girl. Oh, Who's That Girl is coming up next. Absolutely. That so, is brilliant. Absolutely. We'll and have I s- always enjoy it. We'll have a safe drive. I will. And you have a safe walk and my, I'm bonding. Okay, I will. <laughs> and you've been listening to Closet Server Clothes and WCB and FM Ann Arbor. Um, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Closets Are For Clothes every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor 88.3. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500 or writing to 530-SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan 48109. And don't forget our new email address, wcbnclosets at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed are solely those of the speaker and are not the opinions of WCBN or their license and sees the regions of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns and engineer Alex Belhage, I'm Gabe Javier. Remember, be yourself because you don't get to be anyone else. ¿Qué tal? This is your foreign correspondent, Tom Heisinger, Jesus Lopez, letting you know that deep down in the south of New Mexico, where the chilies and the sun are both so hot, we all listen to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, 88.3, on your FM sundial. Y volver, 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 a tus Hello, you're 